1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is
0: the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. what is going on everybody good tuesday afternoon here on the believe in pro wrestling youtube channel thank you guys so much for tuning in as always rick Uchino and sp3 with you guys for the next 45 minutes or so so get in on the conversation we have a lot we got to try to knock uh, knock out here in the next few minutes cody rhodes appears to be in for the main event of wrestlemania 40 the rock appears to be out my how quickly things change in the course of just a few weeks uh Speaking of which, how about how much things change in nine days? It wasn't that long ago, SP 3 We were celebrating new tag team champs, and now they are right back around the waists of the Judgment Day. Thanks to Big Jim Uso last night in the main event of Monday Night Raw. We have a new SmackDown general manager. Nick Aldis has made his WWE on-screen debut. We got a big title match. Now two of them set up uh, for Crown Jewel. Where on God's green earth is Jade Cargill going to end up? What does the future hold for LA Knight? Holy shit, Gunther is just incredible. Logan Paul's returning to WWE. And is it time for Tony Khan to put the phone
1: down? We got a lot to talk about, SP3. How you doing today? Whole lot of WWE. If you're a <laughs> WWE fan, that's what we're talking about today, ladies and gentlemen. Hey everyone. It is me. It is me, True of Now SP3, back once again with Rick Utino here on a Tuesday, back on a regular scheduled day, scheduled programming, and trying to talk about a whole bunch of WWE.
0: <laughs> oh joy. You, you you seem mad about that. You seem mad that there's a we're a little WWE heavy today.
1: But don't I mean learn. New Japan Pro-Wrestling just had two matches of the year classics with Shingo Takagi and tomo Ishii as well as Zack Sabre Jr versus Will Ospreay who, who Dave Meltzer my uncle drunk uncle Dave Meltzer went on and said that the content of that match was better than Zack Sabre Jr versus Brian Danielson one of the best matches of this year but that was one of the best matches of the year too we had that you got aew got uh coming up to full gear coming up and got the dynamite dozen uh battle royal this week you got jay white and pentel zero middle got christian cage doing the best work of his life brian danielson proving why he's the one of the greatest wrestlers of all time
0: no which is why by the way all
1: about wwe Nah, it's, it's really, I'm just putting on a bit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I literally said to somebody the other day, I was like, I honestly don't have much to complain about the on-screen products of both WWE and AEW. It makes my job very much harder because yeah, there's not it, much for me to complain about.
0: I know, I know, I know it is. I know this is a trying time for USP3, but, uh, you know... We'll get through it together, buddy. Don't worry. It's pro wrestling. Sooner or later, somebody's going to fuck something up, right? But I'm di- I am am glad you brought up AEW Full Gear, by the way. November 18th, Saturday at the Kia Forum out in Los Angeles. MJF versus Switchblade Jay White for the AEW World Championship. And we want to get you in the damn building. You get to California. We'll get you in the building. We are giving away two sets of tickets. That's right. Two pairs of tickets to AEW. Full Gear Saturday November 18th. All you have to do, ladies and gentlemen, is be a subscriber to this YouTube channel and retweet my pinned post tweet, whatever the hell it's called. The first thing that's on my page on on what used to be Twitter, now the X, retweet that, subscribe to believe in pro wrestling, and on November 1st, we will be drawing two lucky winners to get in the door for the Kia form. So now I know I know it's it's difficult for people on the East Coast maybe to get out to the West Coast, but if you're out in the Arizona, I know we got listeners and watchers in Arizona and Vegas. It's a short drive, folks. You get there, we'll get you in the door. No problem. So again, subscribe to Believe in Pro Wrestling. Give this video a thumbs up as well because that really helps drive up our audience. We are... We are closing in. I want to get to 700 subscribers by the end of this month. I believe we are 16 away. I believe we're 16 away now. So we're, we're climbing there. We're climbing there. And by the way, a huge congratulations to this man over here. 10,000 subscribers at True Heal Heat. That is, that is fucking unbelievable. Good for you, buddy
1: good for you thank you sir a lot of, a lot of hard work a lot of hours over there on the true hill heat youtube channel so i appreciate anyone who is also a subscriber over there and we're gonna try to get some of the subscribers over there to come over here because we're always having a good time every tuesday with me and rick every monday with the lost in the mid card crew no, some good stuff
0: and don't forget those exclusive interviews that i'm still working on and hopefully we'll have more for you guys here shortly uh before we get into everything got to thank our friends over at bet online we would not be here right now without them it is a texas showdown in the postseason and bet online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering information with up to the minute stats news scores and matchup breakdowns get the latest game odds spreads totals for the nfl and college football at your fingertips also you got the nba that's getting ready to start up here sp does the nba even have an off season i feel like the finals just ended and we're getting ready to start the next season like this
1: mind-boggling to me it's never it's never never over it The NBA is ever continuous, like WWE. There is no off season. I mean, we did have a couple of off weeks. We've had a couple of, you know, we had a low before the Damian Lillard trade. Now (laughs) we've had a low after the Damian Lillard trade. And now next week, the the season starts. So I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like when, when, when the Super Bowl ends, I feel like it's 800 years until the first, like we're actually like in NFL season and it kicks off again. Like it felt like five minutes from the end of the NBA season to, Oh, we're tipping off this. What the NHL is already going on right now for crying out loud.
1: It's because with the NBA, when the season ends a week later, is the NBA draft. A week after that is free agency. Then you have everybody, teams kind of do stuff for like the next two weeks with free agency. Then there's trades. Then already we're into training camp. And we're like, <laughs> we already started going into the like, NBA never ends.
0: Well- BetOnline has all the information you need on the NBA this season. I'm sure some odds changed after that Damian Lillard trade for sure. Uh, they got uh, everything up to date for you from the league championship series all the way through the World Series, of course, NFL, college football. It's all there. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE. That is B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first, first deposit. BetOnline, where the game is. Starts and to answer your question, Ozzy, because this was weird last night. For only the third time in his 26-year career, Michael Cole missed a show, uh, according to Sean Rossap, uh, full.com and also PW Insider. They were both on this last night. Michael Cole, for whatever whatever it was, we don't know. He had a prior personal commitment. He was always slated to take this show off. It just so happened that it was the season premiere that he happened to miss this time around. And Kevin Patrick, Michael Cole was missed last night. You, I didn't think Kevin Patrick did a bad job last night, but Michael Cole was missed last night. It felt like he he needed uh he needed to be there for this one. It's unfortunate he wasn't. That the timing just worked out this way. But Michael Cole will be back next week. But man, still though, three shows in 26 years, that man is committed. Like you read about, whole
1: loyalty, Rest, respect,
0: whoa, all of it. <laughs> we appreciate you, Michael. I'm glad that that man. Like one of the best things about going to live shows is watching Michael Cole get introduced or come out and the crowd start chanting Michael Cole and you know just like giving that man his flowers the fact that Michael Cole especially since Vince kind of you know went away and isn't screaming in his ear and he doesn't have to do the stereotypical Vince BS on commentary and people are starting to realize how great that he is has been one of the best things about this new era of WWE for me is Michael Cole getting his flowers for sure
1: I said it a lot last year, and I haven't said it a lot this year, but I've always felt like when Triple H got into power, he was doing better with transforming or evolving or turning people back into what they were previously with the people that were already there instead of all the people that he signed, which, I mean, outside of Johnny Gargano, I mean, yeah. (laughs) the triple h signings that he did last year did not work out it was all the people that he let go back to what they were or let them be them a little bit more or just you know get off the vince restraint and michael cole i think is one of the bigger success stories of that and we've really been seeing kind of like the john cena u.s championship run of (laughs) michael cole like when, when people finally started idea. appreciating John Cena was that U S title run in 2015, we're seeing that from Michael Cole since triple H has gotten to control.
0: Well, and we're going to get to see a lot more of what triple H has up his sleeve uh, in the weeks. You You can already see the change that is coming through over the last few weeks. I mean, heck look at, just look at the women's division on Monday night raw. I think last week it was 16 different women. I think, this week, they had every single active woman on the show with the addition of Nikki Cross and Zoe Stark now back, uh, back this week. So now literally the only women who weren't on the show last night are the ones who are either pregnant or legitimately injured. Those were the only three that weren't on the show last night, so... We're starting to see little subtle storylines pick up there for the entire women's division. We have a big uh, fatal five wave that we're going to talk about here coming up. Uh, you're seeing people like Cameron Grimes and, and Johnny Gargano return to television, right? At least, you know, I know people want to nitpick about Johnny Gargano losing last night in his first match back, but that actually made some sense from a storyline standpoint, considering Champa was still out. So I'm going to, I'm going to play it patient here, but, over the last several months, SP3, it's it's kind of been hard. It had to have been hard for Triple H to get what he wants accomplished when he's constantly having to fight back against this wave that is Vince McMahon going, nah, let's not do that. Let's not do this. Let's not do that. I want to change this up last minute. Well, now thanks to Ari Emanuel. According to several sources, uh, Ari has said, look, Vince, Triple H can't do his job. If you are constantly poking your nose in, so I want you to focus on TV rights deals for USA for uh, for RAW and NXT. Now that SmackDown is on USA, and that's it. Stay the hell away from Triple H and his creative and that you're already starting to see the ripple effects of this SP3, and I think it starts at the very tippy top with the WrestleMania 40 main event because it was not that long ago we had The Rock coming out on College Game Day, going out there talking to Pat McAfee, saying, hey, I'm open for business for WrestleMania 40. I'm open to facing Roman Reigns. You brought it up on Redacted this week, and I think you hit the nail on the absolute head. The Rock versus Roman Reigns is Vince McMahon's WrestleMania main event. This Friday, past Friday on SmackDown, we saw the stare down that many Cody Rhodes fans have been waiting six months for. Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, face-to-face, staring each other down. The, The head of the table returning this past Friday and set a lot of things in motion, including last night's main event, which we'll get to on Monday Night Raw. But they're not doing this by accident. This match is happening. This is going down. What that means for L.A. Night, I don't know. We'll get to. He seems to be next up, obviously, with everything that's going on there, which I'm not mad at, but this seems to be, at least right now, because you never know. Vince is a cockroach. You can't get rid of him. He might come back. Things might completely yeah. change. So everything is very fluid, all right? We're not saying it's locked in, but they're doing this stare down. Last night, you had Jimmy Uso cost him and Jay, the tag team title. So it looks like we're, we're starting to steer towards Uso versus Uso at WrestleMania, which I think would have happened if Vince was you know still poking around anyway. But all of a sudden, Cody is now clearly back on the path to finishing his story. And whether that's a good move or not for Triple H to make, I still respect him for making it. Because if you're talking about setting up the future for success, Cody Rhodes is a guy that you can anoint as the next Big, top-level babyface. Many thoughts should have happened at WrestleMania 39. So I understand this move, even if maybe the bigger match SB3 that he could put on would be The Rock versus Roman Reigns.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the bigger money matchup. That's the match that's going to get more eyes on WrestleMania, but that's not the story that has been being told. Like I said on this show, on every single platform that I appeared on on the road to WrestleMania 39, that it just felt too easy for Cody Rhodes and that it would make more sense if he lost at WrestleMania 39. I got swept up in the build and WWE convinced me that Cody was going to win only for him to lose, which is pretty much what what I wanted in the end. So I got what I wanted in the end, but they have been slowly telling this story. Cody, you know, getting through Brock Lesnar, kind of spinning his wheels for a month while he got back into things with the Judgment Day as he's kind of like, feuded with the judgment day ever since like January. I was remembering today. I was like, just ever since he came back at the Royal Rumble, he's pretty much interacted with the Judgment Day. Yeah. So, but taking the titles off of the off of them, I think is a is a further step to putting Cody back on his path to finishing the story and probably being the number one entrant in the Royal Rumble and winning the Royal Rumble to go on to WrestleMania 40 and to face Roman Reigns. And they are pretty much Which I think going to do what CM Punk would hate. And it's lucky that they have decided not to bring in CM Punk. Because I think they're going to do the Rocky 2 story. They're going to do Cody Rhodes as, as Rocky. I had Roman Reigns as Apollo Apollo Creed and if people don't remember Rocky 1, Rocky did not win in Rocky 1. No, he did not. So, so Rocky this is the Rocky 2 story in Philadelphia in the home of Rocky. Oh my god, it's that so that damn it, perfect. It, this is totally it, what Triple H is doing. It, 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 it's totally what Triple H is doing right now and I I see it like I said when when they had that stare down on Smackdown I was like I was like this was WWE with their damn here, okay? You Have the match. <laughs> You can have it, but I also see the story that that is coming before our eyes, and I see the fact that a lot of WWE programming, especially with these season premieres, have been about setting the road for WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. It's been about setting up matches or teasing matches and matches that we have said for, for months, for, for a year, that, it, that that's what they're going, like on Raw, Rhea and Becky Lynch going face-to-face yeah. or Jade Cargo and Charlotte Flair going face-to-face on, uh, on SmackDown or Jimmy and Jay on the opposite side on SmackDown. These are all the matches that they have been building to this whole time and it's just very nice that WWE... It's actually coherent, it actually makes sense, and everything is falling into place, and it's actually episodic television because you don't know how it's going to develop, but you are seeing where the, where the on, we're on. We know what road we are on. We are on the road to WrestleMania yep. already in October, and that's a nice change of pace from the days of only WrestleMania season really starting in January and the build for everything only starting in January. We're already starting it, and we're not even done with 2023. So the Cody and Roman, I think Triple H has always had this as his idea. We heard the reports back all the way back from after Cody lost at WrestleMania 39. This was always the plan, so I think that you know the SI report I think that wwe was also behind that like like we said about the cm punk reports last week wwe made sure that was got out i think when it's schwartz illustrated that big of an outlet yeah. wwe made sure this got out too that the yeah, rock and, and, and is ju- and not justin being barrasso, considered for wrestlemania 40
0: justin barrasso is not a uh quantity reporter but he is a quality uh reporter. So when he has scoops, you listen, right? Because his he doesn't get as many at bats as a Sean Ross app, but his batting average is just as good, just Hall of Fame level as uh, Sean Ross app and Fifle.com. So yeah, uh and and here's the other thing. Like the 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 report from SI says that the rock it's not in his court. And even if it's offered to him, there's no damn guarantee that he's gonna be able to do it. And look that the whole piece that Justin talked into is like it was a decade ago that the The filming of Hercules was almost ruined because literally this man's guts started spilling through his abdominal wall. that there's that's that's not a hyperbolic statement at all. That's literally what happened. The man's intestines started spewing through a hole in his abdomen. And he almost screwed up his filming for that god-awful Hercules movie. So whatever projects he's gonna have going on in April, like he ain't going to jeopardize that by coming in and and wrestling. So uh, unless this actor's strike stretches on for a year, He's not going to be available. So I like the pivot back to Cody. Rhodes. I I would understand it either way. And I think there are other options for Cody Rhodes that you could have gone down. I think if he can come back and he can be healthy and fingers crossed, we see him again soon. Cody Rhodes versus uh, Randy Orton would have been a hell of a WrestleMania program and a hell of a WrestleMania build. Uh, I'm still hoping we get, uh, you know. Uh, randy orton back in some way shape or form and we'll see what he's got coming up at uh, at wrestlemania but it's going to be very interesting for a lot of these people a lot of the people that they have you know kind of floating around um you know the la knights of the world which we'll talk about once we get to the five count what what's going to be up for him uh right now we know he's got a date with roman reigns it appears at crown jewel
1: already, already i think they're already setting that up too guys we'll um, talk about it I, you want me to spoil it for you? you don't want me to you want me to tell y'all what's going to happen I'll tell y'all what's gonna happen. I'm gonna, I am. I am officially the wrestling Negro Domus. and I know we're probably gonna talk about bring it up, but I'll just say it right now. Roman beats LA Knight at Crown Jewel. LA Knight maybe in like of the War Games, but come War Rumble, Logan Paul is gonna eliminate LA Knight. Logan Paul versus LA Knight for the U.S. title at WrestleMania 40. Yeah, probably Logan Pauls beating Rey Mysterio for the US title at Crown Jewel.
0: Uh frantic world. So why did Cody and Jay win the WWE Tag Team Titles if they were going to give them right back uh to Judgment Day? One, I think it made a uh otherwise predictable pay-per-view a little more unpredictable. It was a nice, surprising little moment. It, I'm not mad at it because it gave us one of the best press conferences. No, excuse me, scratch that. The best press conference in WWE history so far, uh, that moment there. But this is all about the setup for, for Jimmy and Jay. This was all about bringing Roman back. This is why they had a title match against um, uh, A-Town Down Under on Friday. They gave him one successful title defense at, at the very least. Then they came back, and you're thinking, okay, it's the premiere. They're in the main event. They're going to finish this thing off with Judgment Day. Everything is going to be hunky dory. They're going to continue to hold on the titles. The second that Cody Rhodes went through that table last night, I knew they were losing the match because that effectively took Cody completely
1: out. Do you not remember? I literally said this on Friday. I literally said this on Redacted that I was like, I was like, the fact that Cody and, and Jay had that title defense on SmackDown, I was like, I'm worried. I'm worried for this Monday. <laughs> I'm worried for this Monday because I like this team, but I was I legitimately thought that this was a possibility, and everything makes sense. So I'm totally fine with it playing hot potato because Cody can say oh, I teamed up with Jay Uso once and we won Tag Team Gold. And then they made them, they made that kind of the story of Jay coming in and how Kevin and Sammy fought so hard to get the titles off of Jay. And that became the story for last week's main event. And then they already set up Judgment Day. They were able to get the title defense. And then the Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso sets up uh, Jimmy being the reason to cost Cody and Jay the the titles because uh, Roman doesn't want Cody and Jay on his show so he's like Take those get those that. titles off of them Disrespectful, disrespectful to, the to the To the bloodline It's basically him gaslighting him Into doing this again Into betraying his brother again So everything makes sense I mean the only things that need work Right now with as far as the Jimmy and Jay program is that Jamie also comes off like a joke He comes off like a loser He comes off like a pest And they have done nothing to build credibility for him other than him interfering and costing Jay stuff. But it's just like, yeah. there's no one that believes that Jimmy can beat Jay one-on-one at this point. Like Jay Uso is just so far ahead of Jimmy and, and solo. I feel like has stagnated a lot since like the spring he has stagnated a lot. And then his work in the ring, especially that LA night matchup with the nerve holds, I was like, Ugh, this is not this is not the progression that I really needed. That's they need to work on individually, Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso out of this whole thing because when Roman's not there, they are just fucking Frankie Sikony and Joey from Boy Meets World. They're kids. They're they are, children. No, they're the fucking lackeys. They're the lackeys for Harley Kiner. He, he, they're the lackeys that they they have no purpose to be here other than to serve the higher the higher power that is Harley Keiner or AKA Roman Reigns.
0: The other thing that this does is it sets up continues to set up, and this is something that we've talked about. Uh, war games for the whatever the upcoming war games match is going to be with with Rhea Ripley and Paul Heyman making deals with one another. You can almost take it to the bank that one of those teams is going to be Roman Reigns, Solo Sikoa, Jimmy Uso, uh,
1: and the tag team champions. Probably, uh, it's just—it's gonna be—it's gonna be, it's gonna be uh, Judgment Day, Judgment Bloodline. I told—I keep telling y'all <laughs> who it is. That's what you I don't even said. need Roman, but you don't need Roman. You don't need Roman for that. It's War Games. War Games sells itself. You don't need Roman in War Games. Why would Roman want to be in War Games again? He did that last year. He did that. I've been there, done that. They're building this whole thing around the judgment day. And really uh, like after watching last night's main event, I was just like, man, judgment day has basically mastered this attitude era, distraction, interference, wild main event tag team, multi-person type of thing that the bloodline reintroduced to WWE last year. Like that's all they have done this year. And it, and, it always is a great matchup so you don't need Roman reigns Roman reigns has this big title match at Crown Jewel then he could take off the rest of the year or come back for the holiday sweeps like they did last year when yeah came, that's true he took a month off and then he came back for the holiday sweeps
0: yeah so you get Dom inside and you know the, that'll get some nuclear heat but you know regardless whatever what, however you got to set it up bloodline you got five options I think five on five for war games this year I just know that there's two people that absolutely needs to be involved on the other team because something that I was very, very happy about. And this is something that you called from jump. When I brought this up as a question, when Jay Uso was first traded over to Monday night raw, finally, we figured out what the trade compensation was for Jay Uso this past Friday when Nick Aldis was introduced as the new general manager of Friday night smackdown, a move that I love for a myriad of reasons. I'm not going to get into all of them here, but Uh, The fact that now Adam Pierce can be on one show instead of both, right? Like we saw last night, He's on the horn uh, on the phone after the Miz was talking shit about him in, in his uh, in his promo. I feel like the Miz is getting traded over to, to Friday Night Smackdown. It may have already happened. I might have missed something. But I feel like Adam Pearce was like, all right, screw you, Miz. I'm going to call up Nick Aldis real quick. I'm going to trade your ass. I'm a, I might sell you for literally nothing. I'm going to send your ass over to Friday Night Smackdown. So I love that that is going to create that kind of a dynamic. It's going to give it more of a, a competitive type feel between the two. And this move was perfect. Nick Aldis, the first thing he does is bring Kevin Owens over to finish that trade because in a storyline standpoint, it seems like WWE outside of it is just dragging their feet on this, thinking maybe, you know, they'll do the old WWE routine of, oh, they'll just forget that we ever said that and, and you know, whatever. None of this is going to matter. But he actually came in He's now competing with Adam Pearce, and he struck a deal to get Kevin Owens on his show because he wants SmackDown to be the bigger, superior brand. And that is, at this point, equal compensation for a main event Jay Uso is bringing over a Kevin Owens. And I love this for another reason, outside of now adding a GM. I love the fact, and we talked about this when you first brought up Kevin Owens as the guy who it should be, because the first person. Who welcomed Jay Uso to Monday Night Raw with open arms was Sami Zayn, and he warned him. He's like, "Look, there's going to be people on this brand that are going to, they're not going to like you. All right, you're gonna, you're gonna upset some people. You're gonna upset the apple cart around here, and you're gonna have to work hard to, to earn back their friendship and their trust, and show that you have changed after years of roaming around with Roman Reigns, and his mere presence on the show just cost Sami Zayn his tag team partner and his best friend." And I was hoping exactly what we saw on Monday Night Raw was what was going to play out. And you saw Sammy immediately vent his frustrations, almost verbatim what we were talking about. But at the end of it, he's like, no, all right, I'm going to be the bigger person. Uh, Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to chill the hell out. You know, you're right. We're still friends. I still got your back. You still have mine. Everything is fine. He went and tried to help Cody and Jay retain the tag team titles in the main event, although unsuccessfully. three. Oh baby, I know exactly where this is going because he opened up the show. Sami Zayn did by saying, "I'm now excited. I'm on my own two feet. I am here to show the world that I am a world heavyweight championship contending superstar." Something along those lines. Well, for that to happen, you need to be a heel, Sami Zayn, because Seth Rollins is the world heavyweight championship championship holder right now. I'm telling you, SP3, he's going to Kodakai on Jey Uso's ass. Inside Survivor Series, inside War Games. He is going to turn on Jay Uso. He's finally going to get pent up. He's finally going to get pissed off enough that his frustrations and his jealousy and his contempt that he holds for Jay Uso now are, is going to boil over, and we are going to get Sami Zayn smacking Jimmy J. Uso across the back with a steel chair, and he is going to fall over across the middle rope, a la Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble last year, and it is going to be Chef's Kiss poetic as Sami Zayn turns heel on J. Uso at Survivor Series, and I cannot wait. And I hope what that does is one, it sets up one-on-one Sami Zayn versus J. Uso at the Royal Rumble, but two, it sets up Sami Zayn as the potential world title challenger, maybe come WrestleMania season, him and Seth Rollins at Mania, possibly, potentially, who knows. Who knows? We'll see where it goes, right? Like, he's got to get white hot. He's got to get hot again, but maybe he can get hot as a heel. We'll see. But I like this. There's a lot to like here. And I really hope that that's the, the rabbit hole we're going down here.
1: I don't like that idea at all. I'm um, okay. Sami Zayn. Sami oh. Zayn is one of the biggest baby faces in WWE. And you're telling me you can't go a fucking year with him as a baby face. Like that just, that just tells me that this, this is not a very creative creative, uh, in my opinion, uh, that just, uh, that just reads I me. Mean, I, like, I, I like, I like him being one of your
0: most over baby faces right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They're all they they all are very 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 over baby faces but that's a good thing that's a good thing to have that is a good problem to have you don't need to turn every one of these baby faces heel especially when you have someone like Drew McIntyre where that makes a, a lot more sense with but as far as like this situation with how this trade has played out, I love the dynamic that it created between Sami Zayn and Jay Uso. And I think that that's going to be more of an ongoing story. I also love the interaction Sami Zayn had with Drew McIntyre. And yeah. Drew McIntyre instantly yeah. gave us the very first seth rollins feels like a world champion segment that we've had in six months of him being champion ozzy i need to test the drugs you are smoking when you say that's why Seth is the true champion in wwe my ass my ass
0: See, I told you he has you'd been, find something. I told you he you'd find something. To complain, bro.
1: the most secondary world champion this company has seen since Jack Swagger cashed in money in the bank. Yes. Damn. Yes. It's Damn. Fucking, it, it was been. It's been. It's been that much of a drop of how we all expected it to be and how it's turned out. But last night was a stark difference because he felt like a main eventer. He wasn't doing the ha-ha, sing my song, Finn Balor feud. He wasn't doing the ha-ha, sing my song, oh, now my back hurts, bullshit. He was doing with Nakamura. He was an actual three-dimensional character who called Drew out on his crap, who Drew came back at him, and I was like, i don't know who's right both of y'all are right i was like everybody's right in this situation and then drew had his interaction with sammy and i was like oh both of them are always right i was like these are all main event characters it didn't matter if they were heel or babyface. it's cool to have these three-dimensional characters that we've been getting on monday night raw and it leads the narrative and i also think that it you the the finish of the night with judgment day winning plays into all of this in the fact that. The babyface side of things now it's it's uh, it's out of balance. They were outnumbered. The babyface side was outnumbered because KO is over there. He's on yeah. SmackDown now, but I think War Games is where they get one last hurrah of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So I don't think that's the right time for Sami to turn on Jay because he's really turning on Kevin at the same time, and it's just like you just did that last year. just did that last year you just did Sami Zayn turns on his friend last year so don't repeat the same thing i think that the reason that we keep getting damian priest harping on the fact that he wants revenge on drew mcintyre is that that is how we get drew in here to have his dakota kai moment on cody and then cody keeps himself busy for the next two months before we get to roar rumble okay and sammy and jay can be a tag team now that's the whole thing. That's where the whole play of their relationship can play out. It doesn't need to be Sammy turns on Jay. It's how they're going to coexist as tag team now, because I think we're going to get more title changes with these tag team titles. I think we are full-on attitude era with these tag team titles right now.
0: Do you th- uh, Ace, bring up. Do you think that Nick Aldis will strip the SmackDown tag team titles from Finn and Damian? I'll say this. I think they need to be split up now at this point. You have enough tag teams who are just kind of chilling waiting around for, um, these titles to get out of, you know, the, the, the whole bloodline or excuse me, uh, judgment day, bloodline Cody Rhodes, you know mix these guys in. Like they have been mixed around and passed around the same group of guys. And you have teams like the new day who are just chilling there right now, the Viking Raiders who are chilling right now, by the way. I mean, I know uh, one half of the Viking Raiders is hurt right now, but Ivar's doing some of the best ring work that he's done in WWE, period. So he's on a heater, at least at the moment. Uh, You've got the street profits that you got to do something with. I still like A-Town Down Under, even though they lost the match this past Friday. Uh, You have Pretty Deadly, who's now back in the fold. So you can build them up as well. There's a lot to like. There's some depth in this tag team division that's just waiting for something. Now I'm okay with a split. Like, let's go. We got two different teams. Why not have two different titles? It's either you need to split them up or please, for the love of God, can we get some new damn? Thank you, DIY. Thank you, DIY. Eventually, I think that'll happen, but DIY does need a tag team title one. Hey, they got a shirt, baby. They got a shirt. If I had money, I'd buy that shirt, but they finally got a shirt, so they're on the right track here. Um, uh, they either need to split up those damn tag team titles or give Judgment Day new tag team title belts with purple purple backings for m- a myriad of reasons. Uh, I th- Those old belts need need upgraded big time. That's I'll say that on that much, but
1: I'm just gonna say this Ozzy you're saying Seth works Has champions that's why you think That he's the true champion He works I'm sorry I I hate to tell you this but If you're on a team and say The team is the uh, Los Angeles Lakers of the 2000s And Smush Parker Plays 82 games in the regular Season but Kobe only Plays 65 I'll let you know I'll let you Know Smush Parker just because he works so much, should not be the champion and the best player on the team because he worked more games than Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, because of how he is, he plays and how is he is presented is the better player on the team so if they if roman reigns it doesn't matter if roman reigns has two defenses wrestles one time three times four times in a year and Seth rollins wrestles 400 times roman reigns is the true champion and the top guy in wwe
0: look when roman reigns comes back on television the entire landscape of wwe changes that's the big difference Roman Reigns comes back and everything that was going on from a storyline standpoint suddenly starts moving. He is the rudder for a ship out in the middle of the ocean. And sometimes when he ain't there, it's like, guess what? The rudder ain't working. We ain't fucking going anywhere. That's where Roman Reigns is right now in his career. And yes, a lot of that has to do with why or with how WWE presents him and books him. Seth Rollins. He's not getting the main event segments more often than not. This is why I was stunned that Rollins and Nakamura main evented Fastlane and why I was assuming we were getting a title change because that was not a main event on any Monday Night Raw program. Period. End of story. And then all of a sudden it was the main event of Fastlane. Great match. Love the work that Nakamura is doing. I thought he and Ricochet tore the house down last night. Like, I love the work that Shinsuke Nakamura is doing right now. Um, But yeah, they, they were never the main event. It was always Bloodline, Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso, and Seth Rollins. And in now, the now, event he's last finally,
1: night. now he's finally back into the main event because he's in the actual top program because all these top programs have been going on and they're interwoven. The whole slow burn, Drew back McIntyre heel turn, the Judgment Day, Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso. These are all interwoven and Seth was over here in the Seth verse against sensei nakamura he yeah. briefly got into the judgment day verse but he messed that up by being ha ha sing my song like a freaking clown like and like it was like no i didn't no that that last night that was the Seth rollins i want that's the Seth rollins i want to be the world champion then i can start taking him seriously
0: Uh, We have two matches at Crown Jewel right now that are official. Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre for the Men's World Heavyweight Championship. And now we know that the Women's World Heavyweight Championship is going to be defended in a fatal five-way SP3. Um, I think this match is going to be hella good. I do think Rhea Ripley right now is still defending a championship against one woman who is universally hated by almost everybody in Nia Jax and then three others who was... I'm sorry?
1: Not me. I don't hate Nia Jax. I, I, okay, okay.
0: Almost universally hated by everybody, right? Like 99.9% of the people hate Nia Jax. And then three others who are still in the process of getting over at varying, different, at varying different spots. So it's going to be interesting to see how this match goes over in front of a live crowd and how the build is going to continue to, well, build as we head toward Crown Jewel. We're only a few weeks away at this point but i love this fatal five way uh, setup i think this match is going to be great i love zoe stark coming back last night and kind of standing tall as this just like this scrappy fighter in a and honestly what was a ring of giants as far as the women's division is concerned and she was the one who was standing tall at the end i like that a lot i zoe stark has been one of the 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 biggest uh, draft winners of uh, the WWE has presented over the summer. She, she is spectacular and you can tell she's really starting to get into her comfort zone, especially when she gets a chance on the microphone. So I'm looking forward to this a lot. I am surprised though, that we're getting all of this thrown together at once. Cause this feels like, Hey, here's several months for Rhea Ripley that they're throwing together right here at crown jewel SP three.
1: Yeah, it does. It does kind of feel like that, but I do like how this match has been built. Uh, and I think that this is a match that Rhea Ripley really needs because, once again, going to be the guy who wants to say something that, that probably not a lot of people want to say. But Rhea Ripley really hasn't had a match, like a match that we can remember. Her most memorable match of this entire reign was a Natalia TV match on a random episode of Raw. That was the best match. That's the best match he's had as a wwe women's world champion like the the raquel rodriguez matches weren't that memorable the uh the natalia match at night of champions was what six seconds 20 seconds whatever it was zelina vega zelina vega was 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 memorable for her, her yeah not not for the match uh, so like, yeah, we we have to really kind of get down to the brass tacks of why is that when Rhea Ripley feels like she's one of the hottest stars in WWE? Why is it that we can't ever have like a great, memorable match or like this few this this reign does not feel like how I thought it would be when she won the championship at WrestleMania? So I think that this matchup is going to help her out a lot. I think having Nia Jackson there. Is very, very helpful. Uh, Nia Jax yes. is someone that's going to get a reaction from these fans. Oh my and God. I, can't, I can't say that from ever, anyone else in this matchup. And I am saying that as a big Shayna Baszler fan who watched last night's Rhea Ripley matchup, and I was like, I'm making more noise at home than these people are in Oklahoma or wherever the hell yes. they were. Like yes. they were quiet during that matchup. They were quiet during the payback match with Raquel. They were quiet during that Raw match with Raquel. Like, why is it like? It, it's like it's like what Dom was going through a couple of months back, where people people always respond to Judgment Day when they're talking or they're in a segment or in an angle. But once the bell rings, it was like Dom was not getting the same response he did when he was just talking. Now he's kind of gotten better. He's improved and he's able to get that same reaction. And now it seems like Ria's having that problem where she's very, very popular. She always gets a reaction when she comes out, when her music hits. But when the bell rings, it seems like these fans are just sitting on their hands.
0: So they, she, they don't have a Batman they're invested in. They have the Joker that they love, this heel, this iconic heel character, right? The bad guy, the bad girl, mommy. They love her. They're not invested in anybody else on the women's roster, which is an indictment on how that women's roster has been booked for the last several months. Ever since they put the title on Rhea Ripley, like they've had Becky Lynch, the only other woman who's over on that
1: roster, busy. They're like, they're like, we're gonna keep you. This is like some Tony Khan booking. This is how Tony Khan book like we're gonna keep you way over
0: here. Yes, hey, WrestleMania, stay back, all right, y'all. Every every three months, every three months, every, every
1: three months, right? y'all run into each to other, each other. In
0: room. Yeah, you run into each other at the water cooler. That's it. That's all y'all are allowed. And then at WrestleMania season, y'all can throw down, and everybody's gonna lose their mind, and we're gonna get we're gonna get rave reviews for how we book this women's division. But from Mania to Mania. Look, I, I I truly believe this, right? I feel like Triple H knows that he needed to do some work with the women's division, but I don't think he was allowed to do work with the women's division. And I think it was it was case in point when Becky and Triple H wanted to put Tegan on Raw, and then there was a kibosh that said, I, No, I, we're
1: I really feel like that's the turning point. I really feel like that's either when Ari Emanuel was like, all right, Vince, you got to start interfering or Triple H went to Ari and was like, how do you expect me to do my job if he keeps interfering? But I really feel that whole Tegan Knox being pulled from that episode of Raw is the turning point in the whole creative process. I
0: I do not. I do not believe for one second that it's a coincidence that this news breaks about Vince and all of a sudden every single female on Raw is on Raw women we haven't seen people we forgot were even signed to the damn roster they're not all like immediately having these like banger matches but just just little nibbles little crumbs little little storyline hell indy hartwell is gonna have a match for the nxt women's championship next week on raw jesus zia Lee's gonna get a match at some point even if her exchange with becky lynch didn't make a damn bit of sense last night right none what's none whatsoever I'm, I'm i'm wondering if that was a uh you know like a language barrier issue i don't know right but like regardless women we forgot existed are on the show now and i feel like i have to feel like triple h has been wanting to do this knowing he needed to do some work but vince just wasn't letting him so now it's happening so again it's going to be kind of a slow thing here but hopefully some of these women can start to catch fire fans will start to realize how awesome they are because they're that roster is so deep it's so deep but yeah Just nobody's invested in any of them right now. And that isn't a complete indictment on the creative process. And that includes Vince McMahon. And I'm hopeful and I want to believe now that Vince is out for right now, things are going to improve. And we've already seen some subtle improvement. One thing that I have loved about the SP about the, excuse me. One thing that I have loved SP three, I do love SP three as well, but uh, I've loved about the women's division is how they have introduced Jade Cargill to the WWE universe. Let's dive into this. It's time to answer the five counts on the Believe Podcast Network. I talked about this uh, on multiple platforms. I can't remember if I mentioned it on this show last week or not. I know we were jam-packed. But uh, when they had Jade Cargill come out of the car and they showed that on the screen in Indianapolis at Fastlane, pretty much the entire section of gentlemen around me had no clue who she was. Genuinely had no clue. I thought at first they were being funny, facetious, like doing the Snoop Dogg. Like one guy literally did the "Who, who is that?" And I thought he was just being an asshole. And then I looked at him and I'm like, Do "You are you genuinely asking?" And he was like, "Yeah, I don't know." I'm like, "Oh, Jay Cargill. She was an AEW. She was a really big thing over." There. And he's like, "Oh," and he turned on. She's from AEW. No clue who they who this woman was. And there's going to be a large portion of the WWE audience who has no clue who this woman is. This is why I love what WWE is doing for multiple reasons. One, it's a nice little sprinkling. You have her walk out of an Uber or a car, whatever she arrives in, looking the way that she does. She's an attraction. It's going to get people going, okay, I don't know her, but I want to know her. I'm going to Google her. I'm going to try to find out. Get familiar with myself. Keep teasing her. Get Get the audience asking, well, when's this woman going to debut? When are we going to see what she's all about? And I love her the fact, SP3, that she has now been on every program now that she was officially on Monday Night Raw. She has gone face-to-face with Charlotte Flair on Friday. She went face-to-face with Becky Lynch on Friday, with Becky Lynch saying, get in line. And both Charlotte and Becky had these little quips that they threw at Jade Cargill SP3, but they weren't like dismissive. You could see it on their faces. They're like, oh, you're a threat. You're a challenge. I know this. That's also going to go a long way with introducing her to the WWE audience. And it's going to keep us guessing SP three where on God's green earth is Jade Cargill actually going to start her WWE career. Is it NXT? Is it raw? Is it SmackDown? Where do you think?
1: Um, now I do think it's going to be raw and I kind of see the setup that they're doing here. That's why you do all these segments to introduce, uh, um, the the Raw roster because we're introducing all of Jade Cargill's potential victims. Like, this is where we're introducing all the females that Jade Cargo will wipe through before she is eventually put into the main event scene. So, I think that Raw seems like the best place that she's going to start her WWE career, and how the NXT Women's Championship is playing as the mid card women's title on Raw. I think we could still get my scenario of Jade beating Becky.
0: Yeah, I would love to see some kind of a situation play out where, again, I said friendly competition right between the new, now the GM's Raw and SmackDown. Why not have the first competition be OK, who's going to be able to sign Jade Cargill? Who is who's going to be able to bring Jade Cargill and acquire her services over to the brand and have kind of like a bidding war going on between uh, Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis for Jade? And ultimately she can make her decision based off of who makes her the best offer. But I think that would be a nice little storyline to mix her in with. Maybe you give her a couple of squash matches against some enhancement talent, let her show off what she does best. I know that's what we have seen her do. and got sick of seeing her do in AEW, but I think give the audience a nibble, right? Figure out what the, figure out what her presentation is be, what her entrance is going to be, what her music is going to be, what her look is going to be. Give us that show and then have her squash some local talent and really wet our appetites and wet the audience's appetite that doesn't know who she is and what she's about and what she can do. And then get this bidding war process started and just build her up like a big effing deal, big effing deal. I loved even what your girl Thunder Rosa said on, on busted open. She was like, look, if I was going to go from point a to point B, that's how I would want to be treated. When I show up, they are doing a great job with Jade Cargill. Ultimately. I still, I just get this hunch. I get this feeling she's going to beat Becky for the NXT championship and she's going to be in NXT to start off. But it's a great little introduction here with where they're going for each brand. Brought it up earlier. You laid out a nice little scenario there. I'm not necessarily mad at it. I'm not necessarily mad at it, but is there any concerns for the direction of LA Knight if, and let's be honest, when he loses to Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. I thought this past Friday was a, a great next step in the elevation of L.A. night because this this was an eyeball test for L.A., right? You get him out there with John Cena and Roman Reigns, and he fit the bill. It was He did not look out of place. He handled himself perfectly. In that situation, I cannot wait to see uh, longer verbal barbs between Roman Reigns and L.A. Knight, because they are two of the best talkers on Friday night. Didn't think I'd say that about Roman Reigns five years ago, but here we are. He is one of the best on the microphone, and we know L.A. Knight can handle himself, so the promo exchanges between these two to build up this match is going to be great. Um, But the fact that he's getting this match now means he's not winning, SP3. Um, Your question is always, and then what? Great. He's getting this program with Roman Reigns. He's going to get this match at crown jewel. He's going to lose. Yep. And then what you think it's going to be Logan Paul in the United States championship.
1: I think that LA Knight will be the fifth man on the babyface team against Judgment Bloodline because the Bloodline will be involved in some way, some form, some fashion. If it's if it's not Drew, it's LA Knight that's gonna be in the in this uh War Games matchup. So he's still gonna be involved in the top program or still be feuding with the bloodline in some form of fashion, coming out of Crown Jewel. And then Aurora the Royal Rumble will start his program with Logan Paul, and it just makes all the sense in the world. It's as soon as I heard Logan Paul was challenging Rey Mysterio, I was like, okay, so Logan Paul's going to win the US Championship. But then, and then what? That was my question. And then I thought about, oh, oh, they did all this setup before Money in the Bank, all the interactions that they did with LA Knight and Logan Paul. All of that. Like, I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, they they set it up. They already set this up. This is Triple H booking. Oh, my God. (laughs) It came together, LA Knight and Logan Paul. Because I said that, I remember, I think I said this months ago, either here or Sports Guido or True Hill E, I don't know. But I said, I was like, LA Knight's going to lose to Roman Reigns. And then he's going to win the U.S. championship because what he needs for WWE is to win a mid-card title or to have a great match. I think he's going to have that great match with Roman Reigns Reigns. and then they're going to give him the mid-card title at WrestleMania against Logan Paul. So, So yes, I'm 100% cool with Logan Paul returning to challenge and beat Rey Mysterio for the u.s championship
0: yeah so am i uh i saw a lot of people just kind of rolling their eyes at, at this and and hit it and hating this you know the iwc because they look at logan paul as you know this this part-timer who's not in love with the business but if you can utilize this in a way and i love your idea of setting up la night to beat logan paul for the united states championship right like this is the perfect end game to have LA finish his own story, his first initial story in WWE that he has been preaching since the uh Royal Rumble this past year was he's going to win gold in WWE. That's his end game. That's the finish to his story. It doesn't have to be Roman Reigns, the WWE Universal Championship at Crown Jewel. It's He's got to start first. He's got to win gold. And LA Knight has always been, he talked about it in the press scrum at, at Lane. He's always got people pushing him back. He's always fighting adversity. Like, I don't have any concerns. To answer question two, I don't have concerns with LA Knight as far as his creative direction afterwards. They are gonna have something for him. He's too hot right now. He they they have way I don't have any concerns about any of the top baby faces heading into WrestleMania season, and which is another reason why I love uh the, the decision not to bring in the rock, because that to me tells me. Triple H is going to be rewarding the guys who are already over. Those, these are the guys, the Cody Rhodes, the LA Knights, the Jay Usos, the Sami Zayns. These are the guys who are going to get the big spot at WrestleMania 40 because they've earned it. And I appreciate the hell out of that. So I have no concerns about LA Knight. And yeah, frankly, I'm cool with Logan Paul winning the United States championship because I feel like the United States title on Rey Mysterio, as much as I love Rey Mysterio, has not done anything for the United States title. It's just Rey Mysterio is here. He's the leader of the LWO. And he's he's got a belt now. That's it. Like there's no story. There's no nothing. Um, They did the little thing with with Santos Escobar. They've now wrestled multiple matches, which I think has kind of like hindered what could be one of their top matches at WrestleMania between Santos and Rey Mysterio. Like, I really think they should have kept those guys apart from one another and had their first match be at WrestleMania. Instead, we've gotten it several different times now. So we'll see where that goes. Um, But hell, even if. Even if you take the United States championship off of them, you could still do Ray and Santos going for the tag team titles. If you split those up, there's another tag team. Uh, you got two tag teams, hell, within LWL. Plus, you got Carlito there now. Uh, so there's a lot that they could be doing there. Uh, hell, you could sign me up for uh, after Ray loses the title to Logan Paul. You could sign me up at the Royal Rumble for Carlito versus Logan Paul for the Intercontinental Championship as far as I'm concerned. like There's a lot that you can do with this. Logan Paul's a great heel. He's a great yeah. bad guy. He's a shmarmy little shit, and you hate him. And the fact that he could be patrolling around out there with his millions of followers, flashing the United States Championship—that was the whole argument for why people wanted him to beat Roman Reigns when he when he fought him at Crown. Why people wanted last him year. to
1: win the Money in the Bank.
0: Yes, yeah, so you could parade around with a WWE hardware around his shoulder. You might as well put the prettiest damn championship belt in the company around his damn shoulder if he's going to win something.
1: Roman is that. back
0: now. I'm sorry. Say that again.
1: It's called the Dipset piece title. <laughs> That's the same thing Dipset used to wear on their belts. That's what they got on US title these days. But yeah, I 100 percent agree with you. I mean, it just makes sense for Logan Paul to be a heel champion at some point. Why not? Why not right now? And why not it end with LA Knight getting the big win? I think mean, that that is that is the way to finish the LA Knight story and the rise of LA Knight that we've seen over the past year.
0: Uh, Have we seen the Iron uh, Iron Claw trailer? A-Shock asks, yes. And it looks spectacular. Looks absolutely spectacular. I can't wait to see that when it drops in December. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to talk to somebody from the cast, but I need this damn actor strike to stop. So I can talk to somebody from the freaking go. cast. I'd love to get Zach Efron on this channel. That dude got
1: jacked.
0: Uh for I, that I either
1: want to talk to MJF or Lip from Shameless, because I have a whole <laughs> bunch of shameless questions for him. There, there you go. Or, or Army from the Bear.
0: And uh shock with another question in the chat. It's almost like he read my damn mind last night. Uh meat division matchup. Gunther versus uh Bronson Reed for the Intercontinental Championship. Another A spectacular showing for Gunther. This man hit a power bomb on Bronson Reed. Are you freaking kidding me? The other thing I love. With ease. With ease. With ease. The other thing I loved about this last night was the presentation of both Gunther and Ludwig, by the way. But Gunther's, the video package that they did for Gunther, where he's like clotheslining his opponents and kicking his opponents. And they got them going, like separating into the Thanos dust. That was such a nice little touch of what they did and how they're presenting Gunther. This man is on fire right now. Every single match he has with somebody, I feel like we come out saying it, that's the best match so-and-so has had in WWE. And again, I think you could say the same thing for Bronson Reed last night, who put on a great performance with uh, with Gunther. Gunther does not miss right now. This pissing contest that Gunther and Ilya Dragunov are having between one another is one of the best things going on in wrestling right now. It's not even,
1: it's not even, Gunther, I don't think he, I think it's, Ilya is having a piss of contest with him. Gunther is thinking about the wider world of wrestling because, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, the three best wrestlers in the world this year are Gunther, Brian Danielson, and Will Ospreay. Saturday, Brian Danielson put on one of the best TV matches of the year, one of the best collision matches ever against Christian Cage for the TNT Championship. Sunday uh also on on Saturday earlier in the day Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. put on a match of the year candidate and then you go over to Monday and Gunther puts on this absolute banger with uh Bronson Reed Bronson Reed's best match in WWE ever like yeah, Gunther's competing with the the, the the best wrestlers in the world. He's he, he's done with being the best worker in WWE. He has that crown. He has it in his trophy <laughs> case. Ilya Dragunov can try all he wants. He's going to have to have a lot of great matches to go up to Gunther. And to answer this question, who I think the big Austrian, who will be dethroned the big Austrian, I mean, I, my, my heart is saying, like, chad gable has that story of course in the back of my mind that someone like sheamus because they could honestly just bring sheamus back and put him on raw and have yeah. him go after it but my head the top of my head is saying that all these top baby faces have their 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 matches Jey Uso has jimmy cody has roman la knight has logan paul Sammy Zayn versus Gunther. I think Sammy is the one that dethrones Gunther.
0: Oof, man, alive. Yeah, he's kind of the leftover one right now. Um, man, I still, I, I just don't see the path back there. I haven't seen the evidence to suggest that that's the path that we're going to get to, right? I haven't seen that. I do feel like Gunther's going to be the IC champ heading into mania i don't think he's gonna drop yeah.
1: before that yeah i don't i don't think so anymore i i yeah. thought i thought they were gonna have him drop the title and then go up to the heavyweight title scene but that it, does not no or, or they do champion versus champion at mania
0: yeah, here's the other thing that here's the only way they're going to do it if they do it before Mania. Multi-man match. If they book him in a multi-man match where somebody else can take the pin and maybe Giovanni Vinci screws up and, you know, cuz whatever story they're trying to tell right now with with them and Giovanni and Giovanni just being the red-headed stepchild of even though he doesn't have hair, but he's the red-headed stepchild of Imperium right now and he can't do anything right, even when he does do something right, it's interesting to me. I don't know where they're going with it, but he's still trying to earn like Gunther's trust right now. If he ends up screwing something up in a multi-man match, whether it's a ladder match or a fatal four-way where somebody else can get pinned, then they'll take the title off of Gunther. He ain't getting beat prior to WrestleMania. It's not happening. He's not getting beat for that IC title.
1: I I could see him having individual title matches with Giovanni and Ludwig way they are telling this story or even maybe even a Johnny Gargano can get in there but yeah I mean it's it's very much wide open at this point it's not what it was was six months ago it's not what it was two months ago because Chad Gable and Sheamus don't seem like they were in the running to dethrone Gunther anymore so maybe it's going to be someone completely new that we're not that we're not talking about or that they're just building right now we don't know yeah now, um,
0: I'm standing And I don't. Go- and
1: I don't think it's any of those NXT guys, because those NXT guys feel like they're going to be there in NXT for a while.
0: I still think, I still think it's going to be Chad. I still. I just get the. I just get this feeling. He keep. They keep bringing it up. Like the the. He's going after the Intercontinental Title. That promo that he cut says he's going to work his way back up. I don't think he's getting a rematch anytime soon. He said
1: he wants the tag team titles now,
0: but he said he wants the IC title too. He said he wanted both last night. So they're keeping it out there in the in the ether. I just, I feel like he's the one that almost
1: has to win it at this point. But we'll see. I, I've, I've always felt like Ilya Dragunov is the person that has to. Yeah, there's to that go. too. And he's, you need you need this story to be Ilya always be Gunther for these long title reigns.
0: I mean, he's going to hit 500 days. A week from today, Gunther's going to hit 500 days as the intercontinental champion he does not have a title defense on the on the docket thus far so as of right now he's going to coast uh to 500 Am- days and may hit 600 days very easily
1: bronson reed uh, like i said he had his best match in wwe he he came up to the physicality came up to the level of gunther and showed why he he can be a top guy in wwe if he ever got that push so i have to give credit to bronson reed probably his best match that he's had since his uh series of matches with kashiko okada
0: yeah bron i love bronson bronson is great i love the promo that he that he cut too uh ahead of the match as well that's a great presence. even even
1: uh, even though him 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 uh him doing these vignettes and then joe it's like joe does it so much better he joe joe looks so much better in the suit and in the lounge I'm sorry i pop every time because i get the perfect picture these badass <laughs> pictures of joe si- sipping on freaking whiskey looking out into the sunset it's like it's like Man, uh, I'd much rather them prefer, like, them just have Bronson Reed just in his wrestling gear at this point, because Joe, Joe, yeah, I'm going to compare the two too much.
0: You could convince me, right, that Joe is the head of the cartel. Like what he's like, he's just effortlessly, effortlessly cool. This motherfucker doesn't have a care in the world. He knows he's, he's got the money. He's got the power. He's got everything he wants. He comes up like he's Pablo freaking Escobar in these damn things. You could convince me that I'm not watching a wrestling promo. I'm watching a dude who's talking to the FBI saying do something yeah. or the DEA saying do something. You can't. You can't stop me. Mojo is effortlessly cool as F. But I like what they're doing with Bronson Reed as well. Uh, SP3, are we getting a Sting retirement announcement on Wednesday? I hope not because I love Sting, but I understand if he says it is time to hang it up. That is one of the big things that I forgot to put in the rundown here, so I'll bring it up. Thank you, MCAS, for bringing that up.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're getting the Sting uh, retirement announcement. I think they might tease it. That that is coming, and that he is gonna announce it soon. But I just don't see it happening there. I think that it is an opportunity for Christian Cage to to interrupt and uh cause some mayhem, and maybe we get a setup for that six man tag they kind of been teasing for Full Gear.
0: Yeah, uh Christian Cage is he's one of the best things going right
1: now, if not the best thing going right he's now. He's the best character Period. in wrestling. You Period. cannot convince me otherwise. You cannot Period. convince me otherwise.
0: No. It's him and Tony Storm. Right now, top two. Yeah,
1: yeah. Timeless, only storm. I can't wait for next blockbuster film. This yeah, one there,
0: there's a lot to look forward to uh, for for Dynamite tomorrow. There's a lot to look forward to on NXT tonight as well. I believe Cody Rhodes is going to be back. Cody Rhodes has another announcement tonight. SP three, another big announcement tonight on NXT. Boy, they are milking the
1: shit out of that,
0: and I respect them for it. I really do.
1: Uh, I'm looking forward to the main event: <laughs> uh, Corbin, jack and uh, Mello.
0: Did you just say you were looking forward to a Baron Corbin
1: match? Yeah, because of the people that's in the match with him.
0: <laughs> I was like, well, I there's, even...
1: two, "There's two, other people in, in the match you with take him." Your temperature? Right. You are can, you okay? You, it's it's a, it's a okay? WWE Triple Threat match, ladies and gentlemen. Corbin's gonna be sleeping on the floor for ten minutes of this matchup. I am. Uh, that's. I am looking forward to Jai Jack versus Mellow. Okay. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> I'm just making sure you
0: are right. For a second, I thought you were giving my boy Corbin some respect.
1: No. No. <laughs> No, because I'm so upset that he beat Braun Breaker at freaking no mercy. Who thought that was a good idea? You're gonna be even pissed even more. He's gonna when win He tonight. wins tonight. I know he's gonna win tonight. That I've accepted that. I'm fine with that.
0: Oh man. You know what I can't wait for before we get to this final question? I can't wait for Corbin to win this. And then I can't wait for Ilya Dragunov to get the best goddamn match out of Baron Corbin that anybody's ever seen. And you're finally gonna have to admit that Baron Corbin had a good match in the-
1: I admit admitted he had a good match with Mello. Him and Melo had a really good matchup. That's okay. the only really good matchup he's had <laughs> since he's come to NXT. You're gonna
0: have but... to admit he's had a great matchup when he's when he's done with uh, with Ilya Dragunov. We shall see.
1: I think I gave I think I gave Mello and Corbin like four stars, so that's considered great.
0: Proud of you. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. I think Baron Corbin's great, but anyway. Um. All right. Sp three. Tony Khan does a lot of tweeting. He does a lot of tweeting. Um, He said a lot of things last week after the, the ratings came out, and he got blasted for it by a lot of people. I think the big one that caught everybody's eyes was the fact that he had to go out of his way to say that a streak has been broken, that less than a million people watched a show with The Undertaker and John Cena on it, which... Okay, I get what you're trying to do. I get what you're trying to say. But mother effer, you had Edge, Christian, and Brian Danielson on a show that did 600,000. So you have to think about this on the opposite side of the spectrum. You knew somebody. You had to know people are going to eat your lunch for something like that because that's an easy thing to look and go, dude, you lost to that show. Regardless. And I still think they had a great, a great audience on a Tuesday night when they had to move over, considering the competition that they were going up against. I thought, we talked about this last week. Both companies won, in our opinion. But Tony Khan, man, he gets this fire burn underneath him, and he's got to tweet stuff out. And sometimes he doesn't think ahead when he tweets. SP3, is it time for this man to put the phone down? Or at least, at the very least, give his social media accounts to somebody else and just tweet out some
1: previews. Tweet forever. <laughs> Tweet forever (laughs) Tweet forever I, I consider it A bit or a gimmick At this point for Tony Khan to do This because I said to my Good friend Jimmy Macaram of the True Hill Heat YouTube channel that Tony when the ratings came out and Dynamite got whooped By NXT I was like The best thing Tony Khan could do Is just put out a tweet and be Like I bet see y'all next year or see y'all November 17th because they got to go head-to-head then too. So whatever he needed to say, it should have just been like, all right, cool. Like, something simple. All of that, yeah, you're going to get dragged for that because that's some that's some sore loser-ass mentality, 100% of the way, so I expected everyone to drag his ass, and everyone did, from fans, to Booker T, to Road dog Jesse James, to Jim Cornette, like, Eric Bischoff, Bischoff thank you, yeah, oh, nice. Jesus Christ, it was just like, damn, but, let's be honest here, over the weekend, that was the only news we had to talk about, right? So, Tweet forever. <laughs> tweet forever. <laughs> I was gonna say. Plus, you. Plus, if you noticed, FIFO put out the report, and I peeped gang too. When he put that tweet out, he immediately followed up with three match announcements <laughs> that all got the same amount of traction that that original tweet got. So it was always it was a method to the madness. So at the end of the day, if he was just doing this and there was no point to it. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You just look like mad soft, mad sore loser-ish. It'd be one thing. But when you're doing this, and yes, I'm going to call you a sore loser because that's my initial reaction to what I read. And then I see what you really did. It's just like, I right, go off. Go off, do your thing. Like People need to realize, I, for me, I don't think Eric Bischoff's real problem was ever bringing up WWE. It was not focusing enough on what they were doing on WCW and making key mistakes there at the same time WWE was on their hottest run. WWE is unbelievably hot right now. Yes. Folks, there is nothing Tony Khan and AEW can do to to, to, to mess that up. Only WWE can mess that up. Yep. And only and only WWE can stop them from being unbelievably hot right now. There's nothing that's going to get AEW to that top spot right now. All they have to do is just keep doing what they're doing. And if that keep doing what they're doing, also includes Tony Khan. Keep tweeting out shit. If you're going to continue to give us the, this great product on screen, tweet forever. Because folks need to realize, whenever WWE has been unbelievably hot, the number two was never this good on screen. No. WCW in 1998, they were already effing up. TNA, at its height, already were effing up and already had a bunch of issues. Jim Crockett promotions, NWA. We have never seen a, co- a second number two company in professional wrestling in the last four decades. To be this good on screen, to be this much of a success so quickly, we have never seen anything like AEW. So regardless of how we feel about Tony Khan and his tweeting, as long as he's doing that, I don't have any issue. I can't tell him. I can't right tell now, him. To, to right now. To handle social media account.
0: Right now. Arguably. Maybe not even arguably. You can say the better wrestling, the better characters, and the better stories. At least from a top tier level. I'm talking the very tip top. If you look at, you take WWE's best against AEW's best. AEW's beating them in all three. In all three, right now. But WWE is kicking their ass as far as the ratings are concerned because they have the entire casual audience. And that's what Tony has got to figure out how to tap into. He's got to figure out how to tap into that. And uh, look, he's got his base. He's got him, right? He's got half a million for every show, except Rampage. But that's understandable. He's got half million. Like, Collision was up this week. It worked like the tweeting worked. Collision will got up to a half million viewers on a Saturday night. That is not bad in today's landscape of TV viewership, especially going up against college football games, right? Like he the tweeting worked. That's what he's got to get he's got to get back to that fire, that passion that you know when he was he's got to get AEW whether it's good or bad, he's got to find a way to get AEW's name out there so more people check it out. So yeah, obviously when Tony Khan is trending because he's putting out and he's trending next to John Cena and the Undertaker People are going to look and then people are going to look at, at his, at his page and they're going to go, Oh shit. Brian Danielson's wrestling Christian cage on Saturday. Let me check that shit out. So yeah, he's going to say dumb shit. And and the
1: ticket ticket sales last week improved. They have to keep doing, keep uh, like the improvements that they did on there, that they've been seeing this difference with their local promotions. Keep doing that and even go harder. Like yes. it's already it's already looking like they're gonna get ten thousand for full gear. That's gonna look good. It, and I think that the build up for full gear has been good so far as well. Like as far as creatively, this is the best time AEW has ever had. That's why I like keep emphasizing the fact that we have never seen the number two company this good, this good as far as like, and even with the TV ratings being where it, where it is, it's still better than a lot of the other number twos have been when the number one is unbelievably high. That's how it is in any industry, including professional wrestling.
0: He's got, he's got to figure out a way right now. Like this needs to be his biggest priority. He's got to figure out how to get more eyes quickly because the longer that Vince stays away, the more that he risks WWE's creative catching up to him, right? Like we're, we're now going to see what triple H can do with no restraints. And if he is, as good or better than Tony Khan with the star power that he has and the audience that he has, Tony's never going to be able to recover from that. But I don't know how he does it. Maybe he's got to send out more bullshit tweets. Maybe he's got to bring some, some more like mainstream, like, you know, celebrities or something to the broad or or but, again maybe it just but, comes down but, to but the local promotion and getting more people packed in the
1: house however yeah, he's gonna do it you just have to improve on yours like the, the what you're saying is if the goal is to become number one it should not be because it's not gonna happen Talk, <laughs> i'm I, if you're listening to this tony khan i'm gonna give you the best advice ever you're never going to be the number one wrestling promotion but you can be the greatest number two wrestling promotion we've ever seen. And you are on that path. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't listen to Rick. Don't do all that throwing celebrities and stuff. Just improve on the places that you need to improve. Improve on the booking of your women. Improve on the booking of the talent that... uh, Have basically gotten you know stale or like should have been more for you. Improve on those aspects. Improve on the local promotion and having people like Paul White, Mark Henry, Jeff Jeff Jarrett, these known names that you have that have decades of equity with these wrestling fans. Those are the guys that you don't need in the ring. You need to have locally to promote your shows. Your every week Dynamite Collision. You have one of those guys locally in those places beforehand improve on those accounts as far as tv ratings there's nothing really you can do outside of continuing to give A consistent, very entertaining product and interesting stories. Stuff like Adam Copeland and Christian Cage. Those will get people to start watching. You saw that on Collision this week. You'll see that probably on Dynamite this week. Of course, it's going to be up from 600,000 and going against the fucking WWE (laughs) All-Star game. So just keep doing what you're doing. You don't need to be number one. You just need to be the greatest number two we have ever seen. Uh, so
0: uh, TKO stock market is down today. It's going to continue to go down until they get a TV deal for, for raw and NXT. That's, that's part of the reason why it's, it's it's dragging down right now. And that's part of the reason why Vince is in the doghouse with Ari Emanuel is he has not secured a television rights deal so far uh, for, for raw and NXT. The second that they get that deal, especially if it's more money than what they got for SmackDown, especially if it's with somebody like, you know, a Disney or an Amazon or whoever wherever the hell they're going to end up going with this, or if it's back on Fox and they just do a trade of brands, Uh, That that, that stock will go back up. Don't worry. That stock will go back up. SP3. What are you and your 10,000 subscribers got going on on true heel heat this weekend?
1: Uh, right now, you got uh, my interview with GCW and MLW star Alec Prices over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Uh, we chatted at StarCast talking about how he got into professional wrestling, his inspirations, how he's been coming up in the business, only 24 years old. So check that out on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel right now. Tomorrow, we'll be dropping our Super uh, Junior Tag League for New Japan Pro Wrestling preview, uh, previewing that tournament. That starts on Saturday. We got our Dynamite review on Thursday. And then on Friday, we got a preview for Bound for Glory Impact Wrestling. Will Osprey versus Speedball. Mike Bailey, that's going to be amazing. Josh Alexander versus Alex Shelley. And I got an interview dropping this week with Impact Wrestling star Giselle Shaw talking about Bound for Glory nice. and their upcoming UK tour
0: nice love it uh guys make sure to hit that subscribe button here on believe in pro wrestling and then check out my pin tweet at rick uccino get registered to win two tickets to full gear at the kia forum november 18th watch switchblade jay white and mjf tear the house down for the triple b uh the aew world championship again all you have to do is be a subscriber and retweet my pin tweet. That's how you get registered. That's the, that's the pool that I'm going to pick from, is the people who have retweeted that post. So make sure that you do both. And on November 1st, two winners are going to get a pair of tickets to get into the Kia Forum on Saturday, November 18th. So thank you guys so much. Uh, appreciate everybody who subscribed so far. Appreciate everybody who has hit the, the like video. Appreciate everybody who watched this episode. SP3 and myself will be back next Tuesday around 2.15-ish. Enjoy NXT. Tonight, enjoy Dynamite. Tomorrow, enjoy SmackDown and Rampage and Collision and Raw. And we'll be back on Tuesday to talk about all of it. Take care, everybody. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.